0: Our parents always pushed us to, if we wanted to do anything or learn how to do anything, to go work for somebody that does that and is successful at what they do. Oh, I guess we never got drummed into us that we needed to find a good nine-to-five job, and that's what we're going to do the rest of our lives. It was try a lot of things, and if you're good at it and you enjoy it, then that might be something that you should consider.
1: This is Emery Melhoff, your host for Straight Talk with NDFB. In this special Christmas season, I am interviewing individuals from NDFB's Farmhouse Treasures for You. Farmhouse Treasures for You is NDFB's member-to-member direct market listing. It includes NDFB members who are suppliers of fresh, processed, or value-added agricultural products. In this episode, I visit with Max Robinson, the owner and creator of Robison Custom Leather, Max converted an old greenery on his ranch into a leather workshop where he creates chaps, belts, earrings, and all sorts of leather products. Max shares his insights on setting your business up for success to ultimately pursue the things that really matter in life. Join us for this episode. Welcome to Straight Talk with NDFB. Today, I am visiting with Max Robison in Amidon, North Dakota. How are you today, Max?
0: Good, good. Yourself?
1: Yeah, we're doing good over here. It's a little warmer today, which is a really nice thing for us and for the cows.
0: Oh, it's a, it's been a beautiful day. I think we just about hit 40 degrees and no wind. Oh, wow. Big difference from last week.
1: So all the red cows that you have are just getting their swimsuits out and out, they're out there sunning today, huh?
0: They were definitely sunning. Most of them ditched the swimsuits, so oh. they didn't they needed to be modest.
1: Today, Max, we're talking about your business, Robinson Custom Leather. And before we jump into your business, let's why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and about your ranch and how you got started in the leather business. As
0: you said, I'm Max Robinson. I grew up on a sheep ranch in South Dakota. And then about high school, when I was starting high school, we moved to Southwest Montana. And there I worked on ranches and in feedlots all through high school. And then kind of carried that on into college. I went to a two-year school in Powell, Wyoming, and then on to get my bachelor's in Canyon, Texas at West Texas A&M. And I I really didn't know what I wanted to do when I was in college, naturally. So I got a communications degree and worked at the college feedlot. And just I just knew ranching or agriculture was something I wanted to be involved in. And luckily, it was and still is pretty easy to get a foot in the door. They're always looking for people that are willing to work. While I was, I guess, leading into the leather stuff, I think I was... Thirteen or fourteen, my mom had got me a, a a leather tooling kit for Christmas, and so I played around with that a little bit and worked with a guy who had a shop for a very short period of time, and then didn't think much up much of it. And then when I got to finish up my degree in Texas, a good friend of mine was oh he was building saddles and getting his own business started and off the ground, and I worked with him quite a bit and. Naturally, as a lot of people in college are, I was broke and (laughs) figured out that was a good way to make some money that did not require a lot of financial input. When I was down there, I could go to, there were several other supply stores down there so I could get belt blanks cut out and this, that, and the other. And then the prices weren't terribly high. And I was able to make a decent amount of money doing that when I was in school and So I just kept doing that and then moved back to North Dakota. I'd worked with some friends from college. I worked for their family on their ranch and decided I'd move back to North Dakota. There was a lot of opportunity in agriculture, a lot of good jobs. So while I was doing that, I was still, I guess you could say, in the beginner stages of doing a bunch of leather work. I'd get orders here and there, build stuff for friends and do a word of mouth deal. Fast forward a few years, Haley and I got married And we started running those registered Red Angus Cows. And I saw that doing this as a a side gig was making a decent amount of money. Um, It was able to pay some of the bills. And then, oh, I guess three years ago, I was working in extension. And then at the end of December last year, I decided I needed to be home full time and taking care of the cattle and place. It was just Time wasn't there. And so I got a little bit deeper into that leather work and I built a retrofitted an old granary on our place into a shop. My wife and I, mostly my wife set up a website for me. And (laughs) from there, it it became a, a lot more real deal at that point.
1: Yeah, I've been down to your place, Max, down visiting Haley, and you really do have a pretty sweet setup there for working on stuff. Thank you. Let's visit a little bit about things that you create, what you sell. I've looked around on your website a little bit, and yeah, just tell me a little bit about some of the things you sell and where you source your leather from.
0: I unfortunately make just about anything that people want to order. Sometimes I really kick myself for that. (laughs) Some of those, some of the oh, more inconvenient things that I've built and I enjoy tooling them. I enjoy everything. The assembly is terrible on some shoes. I've done several pairs of wedges and, oh, I don't even, I wouldn't call them heels, just nice lady shoes and uh, getting everything laid out right and stitched together. There's a lot of hand stitching and it's tough to get it stitched together, but they usually turn out pretty well. Like I said, I just about anything people can dream up, I can figure out how to build for them. But a lot of the popular things are belts, wallets. I've been doing a lot more shaps lately. Guys are it's winter, so they're thinking about their legs a little bit more, trying to stay warm. But I would say the most popular stuff is typically those belts, wallets, day planners, things like that, and hey, dude, shoes. Those have been those are something that they're relatively easy. I get a lot of creative freedom tooling toppers for those shoes and i bought an, uh, another sewing machine that really speeds up the process to put those together but so those are handful of things that i'm able to build and i do on a pretty regular basis along with a lot of tack breast collars head stalls saddlebags things like that i've done several pair of the twisted x moccasins and stuff like that and just classes them up a little bit
1: we have Christmas coming up here, and it sounds like you do a lot of custom work. Are you pretty booked out before Christmas, or what are I, what are some of the things that you're offering this season?
0: I I used to try to oh set a order time by Christmas, and I follow some really very talented people on social media. That's a really easy way I found to drive me to do. I'll get a little more elaborate and get better with my tooling. I can see what they're doing and say, man, that's really cool. I need to get a little bit more on their level. But one of those guys, I saw a post, I can't remember if it was last year, but he he purposely doesn't do Christmas orders because it or set out slots for Christmas orders because it really adds a layer of stress on. Yeah. So I I typically say I'm six to eight weeks out. There's really good potential if you order from me. And I don't have to get it shipped to either of the coasts. Uh, I can probably fit a few more orders in, but I'll try to, when it comes to Christmas, I'll try to have some belts and wallets pre-built and have those listed on the website a couple weeks before Christmas. That way, if people are looking for that last minute gift, I they'd, they'd have the time to get it ordered and I'd be able to get it shipped to them that... With everything that's happened in the last three years, with supply chain and labor shortages and stuff, my shipping has gotten a lot more. Oh, I guess I can't really rely on some of the services. They say two days. I actually shipped a set of koozies as groomsmen gifts to Nebraska probably about a month ago, and I got two-day shipping, and it it made it there in three. So I was lucky it made it there in time, but. Just one of those weird deals that anymore, I want to give myself plenty of time to make sure it gets there.
1: So there's a lot that goes into finding good leather, it sounds like. How do you go about that process? How do you find your suppliers?
0: There's there's a pretty good supplier in Billings, Montana, Montana Leather. They typically have pretty good quality (laughs) and they can get it to my place within two to three days, which is extremely convenient. And I'll go through them for a lot of the tooling hides, stuff oh, that I'll build a lot of the projects out of. And then as far as, I'll say, shaft hides, softer leathers, I will go through panhandle leather in Amarillo, Texas. I, I visited them quite a bit when I was in college and just know that they have the quality that I'm looking for when I'm building stuff like that. I'll use a bunch of different suppliers, but, and depending on what I need, but for the most part, I have it divided up into what I need for leather, and that that will dictate where I order it.
1: So it sounds like this last year you really made a hard decision, made a good decision to quit the extension job and to ranch and ranch full time and to be able to work on your business. What would you say to those people out there who are who are producers who might be doing some of that? What is the thing that really made you make that decision to really step out and become your own man, become your own business, so to speak?
0: Extension, it was a, It was an extremely great job. I got to work with a lot of really good people, a lot of great specialists and the people in the community. And it was just one of those things It it got to be the day-to-day monotony when I would have to do paperwork or a lot of computer work that just, oh, it started great and on my nerves pretty bad. And knowing that, and last fall was one of the big pushers behind it because I'd have to be in the office and all fall it was, oh, the weather was perfect for building fence or corrals or taking care, fixing things up or doing projects that I wanted to do, but I was stuck in the office and the opportunity cost of being in the office, the paycheck and all that, it was really hard to figure out how it would justify because, At that point, we had our oldest was three. Our youngest was a few months old. I'd get home. It'd be dark, so I'd have to get out and feed cows and try to get anything done over the weekends, and that just took up a lot of that family time that I really didn't want to give up, and visiting with any of my peers that are a few years older with kids of their own, and they tell me all the things that I wish I'd been able to be home a little bit more around them, and that that was the big driver there. Of course, having a great partner that was willing to let me quit my job and kind of go out and do this. And then, like I said, the, knowing that I was leaving a steady source of income behind and it's great to be home and ranching. But as almost everybody in the industry knows, it's very tough to be extremely profitable. And especially when we've been doing this for well, Haley and I have been in agriculture our whole lives, but on our own running our operation for the last six years, it's really tough to be profitable that way. So I knew I'd have to take what had been a side hustle and bring it to the forefront and focus more on it. And with Haley creating that website and doing a lot of work on that kind of was a big driver as well before it was, Oh, if somebody wanted to order, they messaged through Facebook or Instagram, which people can still reach out to me on that, but I'll always direct them to the website because they get an order. It's got a number on it. It tells me when they place that order and when I need to have it done. And so that really helped me focus on that and know what I needed to do and be a lot more efficient at
1: it. It really is one of the biggest tools for us in rural areas is that web and the website, because it allows us to take our business, what we have and put it out there for people to see. And in a sense, it gives us like the legitimacy that we need in the eyes of the customer to say, to see, Hey, here's, here's this person and here's their website. And so I think, yeah, I think that's a, that's great advice. It's a good, good step for those who, who are interested in doing that. And I just really commend you, Max, take, making that decision to to give up some security for the potential for something better is a hard thing to do and not, and something sadly not done by enough people in our generation. And that really, that's the thing that our ancestors did that really created the legacy that we have in agriculture culture. And so I just really commend you and your family for that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, growing up, I was the youngest of five siblings and our parents always, pushed us to, we wanted to do anything or learn how to do anything to go work for somebody that does that and is successful at what they do. And it was never, oh, I guess we never got drummed into us that we needed to find a good nine to five job. And that's what we're going to do the rest of our lives. It was try a lot of things. And if you're good at it and you enjoy it, then that might be something that you should consider. I guess in my in my case, what you go to college for isn't necessarily what you need to do. And I guess that second part of my degree in communications, it was a, it was a way to get a four that piece of paper that says I have a four year degree in case I needed to use it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Is there any last words of advice that you would have?
0: Oh, I guess I would say, and it really any small business. Oh, probably the biggest thing is to understand what you're worth, what your time is worth, as far as what you're putting into the business. That was one of the big things that I've been coming to realize, especially this last year, that we, especially in agriculture, don't value our time very much because working on a farmer ranch, we're giving up our time for free, so to speak, because a lot of us don't bill our time. So in any small business and even farmer ranch, but we're in the stage where we don't really we don't really count on that a whole lot, but know what you're worth, know what your time is worth so you can bill accordingly. And that'll make your small business or endeavor a lot easier to go into and build because then you're making enough money to expand the way you need to expand. And it's not, you can do something and really like it, but if you're going broke doing it or you're not getting reimbursed for your time, you slowly begin to not like it at all. Mm-hmm. And if it becomes more of a job. So if it's something you're passionate about and something you really have a gift for, be sure that, and some people do it for the love of it. And that, that is great. And I do enjoy what I do, but I also enjoy being able to sustain that, but just know what you're worth and what the business is worth and what it can do for you and understand that it is a business and not just a side gig or a hobby. At some point, when you get to that point, you know that this is a business and this is something I can make a living doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's really the difference between, like you said, a hobby and a business and something that you can either enjoy doing and can serve your family and serve you or something that that you can spend your life serving and ultimately not have anything left to to hand down to the next generation no yeah more. that's really good so max we can where can we find you obviously robisoncustomleather.com is your website it yes like you have some social media out there
0: yeah the oh my social media it, are on instagram is robison custom leather and i believe it's the same on facebook max robison custom leather on facebook either either one you can send me a message and i can get you pointed in the right direction
1: thanks again max for visiting with me today and yeah check out robison custom leather give them a call and i know i've poked around your website quite a bit and you you really have a talent to you do beautiful work so check them out thanks for listening to straight talk with ndfb join me next wednesday as i visit with brandon Lindstrom about how his family discovered and began tapping and bottling voxelder syrup on their farm